This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here, go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And boy, oh boy, y'all may want to take some Aleve or Advil or Tylenol or something because you are going to have a headache after Mm. this one. This is going to blow your ever-loving minds. We have got Pranav Hasricha on the podcast from Blue Pond and People, when I tell you there are very few times that my mind gets blown with technology or an idea, my mind was blown the first time I talked to this guy. So he has got a product that is going to take how we do business to a completely different level. But before we get into what they're doing at Blue Pond right now, I wanted Pranav to take just a second and give you a little bit of his background, which is probably equally, if not more impressive than his technology. But you need to hear this because... This isn't some dot-com kid that we're bringing onto the podcast that's got a a new mobile app that's going to solve a problem that he invented so he could sell his app. This (laughs) is a guy that's got a lot of experience in the insurance industry at the highest level, and he knows what we need as agents, brokers, and wholesalers to get our jobs done. And I want him to tell you his background, and then we're going to spend all the rest of our time talking about this tech. Hey, uh, David, Kyle, thanks so much, guys. Fan of your podcast, honored to be here, and uh, thank you so much. So, uh, yeah, so to introduce myself to your audience, you know, I'm kind of, I've been in the industry 20 odd years, and uh, maybe not as long as many of you, though I still feel like I'm a kid, you know, always learning from people like these. So I uh, fell into insurance. Uh, at QBE. I was, uh, for those who know QBE, I was uh, in their head office down in Sydney, Australia. And uh, I ended up running strategy, technology, and operations uh, for QBE. And uh, that was back in the early days of the internet, right? We're talking now early 2000s. And uh, one of my proudest moments in the industry is we built one of the earliest platforms in the industry for brokers and agents to submit uh, business digitally. We're talking commercial business. Uh, to QBE online, right? And uh, so I ran that digital business for a while. That was super successful. Our broker, you know, partners loved us. So I've I've always been on that carrier broker interface since then, since the early 2000s, and building digital tech for that landscape. I recently also uh, on the carrier side was at Swiss Re. I was the global head of property and casualty solutions uh, for Swiss Re. And uh, in between, I built a tech company called Intellect AI. It's now called Intellect AI. It was called Intellect Seek back then. And uh, in 2014, uh, when all this machine learning, big data hype was new, you know, we built one of the earliest tools in the industry for automated underwriting and uh, also for ingestion of pods and loss runs and submissions and all of that. So a lot of my work has been on the carrier side, but I plan to fix it now. <laughs> I think the distribution folk are the real insurance folk, you know, who who face the client every day. So, but my work on the carrier side has always been on that interface between carriers and and brokers. So I've always been friend of the agent. 
let's get into it, man. I mean, we we know what the issues are that we face. I mean, as, yeah. as agencies, we get such a backlog and a bottleneck of work because we're constantly comparing quotes to quote requests and policies to quotes, or we could be comparing what we're proposing as an insurance solution to an existing one to show people the differences and what makes ours a better option for them. And I mean, I don't know. You've probably, I'm sure you've done studies to know what the average number of hours it it would take. I can only go by my own experience. And I would, I would have to guess that from beginning to end, when I engage with a prospect, at least 10 hours of my time is spent reviewing insurance coverages, uh, maybe that they already have, or, you know, just a general comparison. And I probably would not be surprised if you told me that it was closer to 20. I, I wouldn't. And, and I look at it this way. You know, one of the things we talk about on our podcast, I talk about it, you know, I teach, teach my kids this. You got to know your hourly rate. You got to know who, you know, what you're working for every single hour. Yep. And so, you know, I put my hourly rate. This is not a humble brag. This is not a brag. It's just simply where my line is drawn. I'm not doing anything that doesn't make me $500 an hour at this point. So if I'm spending 20 hours, 20 hours, every single time I bring in a prospect and I'm at $500,000 or $500 an hour, that's $10,000 worth of my time I spent doing something that I really probably don't need to be doing personally. But even if it's my staff that's doing it, you know, their time is also extremely valuable and we're getting, we get caught up in things that aren't bearing revenue for us. Now, granted, you could make an argument that if it's part of the new business process, it's a revenue bearing activity. I'd argue it's not because it's not cold calling. It's not dialing on the phone. It's not doing marketing drops, going to networking events and all of that. Yes, it will help you gain new business, but I want producers doing the things producers need to be do doing. And I want my account managers to do those things that they need to do. But if there's a better way for me to use technology and leverage that to my benefit, it only frees up my service team to be able to give the human interaction that we want our clients to get from us. And that's what I see as the biggest benefit. I think it's cheaper because I save money on salaries and doing things that aren't going to bring revenue in. But I also think, think that what your product does is it enhances the client experience that our prospects and clients have because we can focus more on them and act intrapersonally because we don't have our face buried in thousands of pages of stuff to go through. Absolutely, David. I I, I could not have summarized it any better. Though the one thing I will add, which is becoming more and more of an issue in the industry, is it also we hope will have a major impact on reducing ENO in the industry. Mm. Right. I mean, you know how hard. Doesn't matter how smart you are, where in the world you're located. When you're comparing these complex documents and hundreds and hundreds of pages and massive schedules, it is easy to overlook errors. And I'm sure all of your listeners at some stage have, have had the OX moment, right? So we think we can really improve not just client engagement, not just give you a lot of time back in the day to do the things you should be doing, um, but, but also really reduce the risk to your agency. Yeah, I mean, all it would take is just getting an email come through while you're looking at something and have to, you know, stop doing that because maybe it's more urgent or taking a phone call and then you forget where you're at and you completely overlook something. I mean, it's not that that's not far fetched at all. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what it does, man. I, I'm I, I'm ready to have my mind blown. <laughs> okay, Kyle. So you know, like like the famous whatever it is Simon Sinek says, right? Before you talk about what you do, it's important to talk about why you do what you do, right? It's it's fair enough. Uh, why do you do it? And I think you know David touched on a lot of it. You know, I love our industry. You know, I've been in it twenty years. I've worked on all sides. I've worked around the world. I I am truly uh, proud to say that I I work in in this industry because. You know, we are a core pillar of resilience for the world. You know, we are a core pillar of resilience for safety, for security of everyday people, for the society, for, for our economy, right? And it is sad to me, both from the context of our insured and from the people who work in the industry, 
that it is expensive. Insurance is expensive and we waste a lot of money, right? If you think about it, you know, our average uh, 30 cents in the dollar, give or take, go for uh, 30 cents in the premium dollar, go for us to run our business, you know, for the carrier to run its business, for the uh, agency to run its business. And you think about it, how much, how much do we save? Not much. It shouldn't be that difficult, right? It should, we should be, for the amount of work that we do and the service we provide, we should be doing less grant work. We should be retaining more of our income and we should be giving some money back to the community, right? And that's been my lifelong passion. How do you take that friction out, right? How do you take the friction out? How do you make the product better? How do you give better advice? How do you make sure that your clients are getting the protection, the product they need? Because, you know, unlike people spend more time, you know, researching how they'd get two cents back on their credit card spend, but will not, will not go through the policy terms and conditions that may save, you know, their life should, should something bad happen, right? And, and so it falls on us to make sure that we get the right product. Right, so that's why we are building what we do. Sorry, long story, but I think it's important that you know that passion, and and and, and that's why we do this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I and I completely agree. And I mean, if you look at your mission, it lines up fairly well with the mission of almost every Main Street. I shouldn't say Main Street, but every independent agency out there. I mean, the compu- community component and investing back in is a huge part. You know, we're one of the first businesses people come to when they want donations for mm-hmm. athletics or school programs or whatever else. And, you know, not just that, but also participation and being present and able to do those things. And if you're like, if you're chained to a desk because you're so caught up having to do things the old way, everybody suffers as a result of that. So if you can free people up and you use them to be productive in other ways in your agency or contribute to community activities to give your agency a presence because you do, your team has enough time to be out volunteering and doing stuff like that. I think it's just, it's, it's icing on the cake to everything else that your product does. Right. Right. Let's dive in. Let's talk about services for a little bit. Cause I think that's yeah. something that's really going to get people people amped up. We've kind of skirted around it and talked a little bit about, oh, here's what it's going to do. And it's like, you know, they're waiting for the, like, like it's an infomercial. They're waiting for the other shoe to drop, but that's not the case. We're just painting, we're, we're getting the foundation right and ready to go. And so just give them the, give them the, the overview on, on how things, how you see things right now, because I know it, like anything else in the technology world, you're not where you're going to end up. You're, you're still very much at the starting point for, yes the problems you're solving today, what I, what always interests me the most is what are the problems we're going to uncover that we don't even realize we can solve yet as a result of utilizing some of this technology? Sure. So what we are trying to build here is if you think about it uh, in simplistic terms, is almost like that co-pilot, that autopilot that you have now in, in a Tesla, in a, in a modern generation car, right? So the idea here is that you do a lot of grunt work every day. You know, sending emails, receiving emails, reading documents, comparing documents, typing emails, sending them out, waiting for things. And like David said, these are things you need to do to get things done, but they're not important. They're not making you money. They're not giving you insurance, right? It's just turning the handle. So we have built a broker co-pilot platform which can take a lot of the heavy lifting of that sort of stuff away from you and let you zoom in and actually review, check, review, edit, and then work on these things. Okay, so what does that mean? Let's take a practical example. You've got a new account or you're doing, you know, renewal remarketing for an ENS account or a mid-market account, and now you need to send it, you know, you need to place, you know, comp and auto and bop and whatever property and cyber and you know before you know it you have sent applications or have received quotes from four or five different markets or six different lines of business right and now you have the task of summarizing 24 different quotes into something that your insured client can understand hey my premium went up 20 percent 
Now you're asking me to pay all thousands of dollars extra in my renewal premium. Why? Why should I go with you know a Chubb versus a Hartford? You know why are you putting all of this, you know this with Chubb and that with Liberty and then this with No Name MGA, right? So what we do, for example, is automatically monitor your incoming codes. We read them with AI, you know, but human supervised AI. We read them with AI. And we create a presentation where on one screen, you can have, hey, here is your property. You know, here are the four cores for property. This is how, you know, the coverage is compared. This is the premium breakdown. This is the coverages breakdown. Here are all the endorsements, right? Here are all the terms and conditions, verbiage compared across these four quotes, which you can eyeball, see if everything is in order, click a button, and out comes a beautiful summary for your client. Hey, here's your property renewal. These are, I got you actually four quotes. I have been working hard to get you the best property code. And yes, I'm going with carrier A, even if it's a few thousand dollars more. And here is why. You can see it right there. This is complete coverage. Okay. So what we're hoping is this days of our hours of work that David was talking about comes down to minutes, right? And you have a better presentation and then you have no oops, right? Oops, I forgot that. Oops, I, I, I didn't check this. Next, same thing, policy checking. You know, we can all agree it's a pain. It's a total pain, especially for a mid-market account. And we know how many errors got, get made, right? Why? Because there are a lot of reeking of data at every end. Because the carriers are running OCR systems to scan your incoming records and submissions and loss runs and things get wrong. And what do you get things back? Often mistakes. Now, like I said, you and I can spend as much time pouring over 40, 50 pages of detail and we'll miss something. And this is what AI is really good at, right? AI doesn't, is not intelligent, doesn't have the experience that you have, but it does not make mistakes when it's comparing numbers and language side by side. It does not make mistakes, right? So we've got enhanced policy checking. Other things that we're building down the track is you know, managing your whole, uh, whole COI life cycle, right? Getting an email from a client. Hey, can you send me, you know, my certificate of insurance with this, this, this? Go, go to your storage, go to your AMS, find the policy document, read the policy document automatically, compose the COI, put it on your screen, say, hey, this is ready to go, right? Things like that, right? Uh, for those that have bind authority, people who are sending inspections out, you know, being able to get the property inspection report or the inspection report, match it to the submission and automatically say, yep, you know, here is, here is the delta from, from the submission. You know, so like David said, we're starting with a few services, but eventually what we're going to do is have this co-pilot, which is almost your virtual assistant, working with you side by side. So you, the agent, you, your CSR, your people are reviewing, checking, and taking action, deciding, not doing grunt work. Hmm. Pause there. So that's the platform. That's the broker copilot. Yeah, and I mean, Kyle, did you? I mean, did you connect the dots there? Like, you're literally at a point now where they can use their technology to take a quote that we get, scan it in, compare it to what we requested. And tell us whether or make, not everything. Make sure there's no no holes. Yeah, and it's, it's like I, I would think that people would first listening that that people would, you know, maybe think that it would be detrimental to an agent because they're not going through the process of reading everything and learning about. I I would say that it's actually the opposite. I would say if you get a summarized report that's going to highlight all the all the pieces of coverage, I think you would actually pick up on those things quicker and be more succinct when you're explaining them to the prospect or to the client when you're going over those quotes. And it's it'd be easier for them to digest too, right? Like, I mean, think Absolutely. about how many times you, like even even when we do video proposals, right? It's It doesn't seem like it's that, you know, there, there's multiple screens. It's, it's, it's not just like one report comparing things. And, and you know, it, it just leaves the door open for things to get missed. So I, so far I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm following. I like it. So, Kyle, let me pick up on your last point and add something, you know, let me, let me zoom into something, right? Our intention 
is to build a system where from every court, every policy that we process, we build a super clause library for the industry, right? So to your point, the system over time will learn to become as intelligent as anybody out there or more, more I, sh- I wouldn't say intelligent because it's artificially intelligent, but more mm-hmm. informed to say, hey, here are all the variations. So think about cyber, for example, right? Maybe some of you have done a ton of cyber, maybe some of you haven't. You know, maybe you focus on some occupation, some you know, classes of business, not the others. And now you have to place this account. What we want to be able to do is, is have our system where you say, hey, for this class and this line, here are all the typical coverages we see in the industry. 80% of the insured by ABC. You know, this is what a best-in-class carrier form looks like. So when you review your quotes, you're not just reviewing against each other. You're also comparing them against what the best in the industry looks like, mm-hmm. right? To follow on, and I know, I know this is, and I'm not saying we'll get there tomorrow, but we will get there in a couple of years. What we also want to do then is to have that drive better decisions, better placement for the retail agent. If you want to know the best markets for a certain account, if you want to know what the best policy form, what the coverages look like, what the carrier code to bind ratio looks like for various classes, our platform should be able to handhold you and tell you rather than you going and paying half your commission to a wholesaler, we should be able to help you, you know, at least get the, get, get the information so you can place with confidence. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. I don't even look forward. I'm looking back. Like I want to pull my hair out at all the time that I know I've invested doing things that this would have solved over the course of my entire career and think about how much bigger my book of business could be if I wasn't spending time doing a lot of policy review and everything myself. It's crazy. Right. And, you know, again, like having to control, uh, you know, find, look look at just, I, yeah, man. I mean, kind of, like you said, makes your head hurt a little bit. But I think one of the things that makes what Pranav's doing So unique is even on his end, he's blending the use of humans with his technology. So I I think it's important that we highlight that because Mm -hmm. what, what he does isn't just generating something using machine learning and then sending it to you. Like you've got a product that's pretty much guaranteed when you get it at this point, it's gone through the machine learning and then it's been reviewed by trained professionals for accuracy to make sure that it's right. So, you know, you really should not have much of anything to do when you get that back. It's not like he's just speeding up the process. You are literally outsourcing the process. Spot on, David. Absolutely. And then uh, thank you for, for highlighting that. Look, there is a lot of buzz around AI. AI is good. For many things, right? AI is good at taking documents, reading them, synthesizing them, doing deep searches, etc. But AI is artificial intelligence, it's not real intelligence. And it takes a lot of time to train AI to be precise. And we realize that, right? I mean, you know, Tesla been promising, you know, you'll be able to drive to the moon without any human intervention for five years. But, you know, hey, let's accept it has made the road safer. It has taken a lot of, you know, if you were not just Tesla, any modern car today, you put it on, you know, whatever the autopilot, auto drive mode, it stays in lane, it tells you there's something in the blind spot, right? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of the stress out, but it's not out of, it, it's not 100%. And then that's where, right. right? So to David's point, we're using the AI to do a lot of the grunt work, but every time you get something back from us, it's reviewed by a super smart person. A qualified, experienced person, you know, whether it's looking over. And, uh, you know, as the platform makes progress, what we want to do is give you the tool to be able to use it in your own agency. So you can be that, you know, eyes on the road, hands on the wheel, equivalent of, you know, the human in the loop, as we call it. Right. 
but it should hmm. definitely have give you 60 70 80% of your time back yeah that's what i was thinking man i mean i've shoot probably more i mean i, I think that that's a majority of where the time is is spent there, obviously, like we've been talking about. I mean, it's just reviewing when you have multiple things. I mean, like you you use twenty hours, David. I mean, it. I don't know. I think it. I think it could be more than that on some some bigger commercial accounts for sure. Depending on what type of risk management they need and what their current climate is inside their business, absolutely. Like what we're even talking about, so. Yeah, That's so huge. to your point, right? So for uh, so if today you subscribe with us, we will. I would say to you, we will make sure that at least for policy checking and COIs, you can close your eyes. You know, leave it to us. We we will do everything. We will review it and re-review it, and you know, you can you can sleep at ease with night at night. You know, court comparisons, obviously, things things like that. Client presentations, obviously, as a producer, you will want to review it. You want to check it. You want to use your own, you know, knowledge of the client, you know, do your own tweaks. So that's why I say for things like, you know, preparing your client presentations, you know, we'll take it a lot of the way. Yeah. But you still have to add your personal touch. It's not going to be just, you know, something that's that's not going to require any. That's what you're saying. Like, it's not like it's replacing human interaction. It's right. it's just allowing you to have a more effective conversation. Yeah. And saving you a ton of time. Exactly. What we're saying is what we will produce is an accurate summary of what, you know, let's say your four markets have come back with on the cyber, you know, quote or whatever. Then it's up to you to, you know, if you're going to meet the client to be educated on so you, you can present it well. It's for you to review, you know, as their broker, you know, does it actually, you know, to give the proper risk advice, right? That's why I say, but we will definitely summarize everything for you like with no misses. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think that's the thing, man. It's like so much gets done on our behalf on the front end. Like now the proposal is actually the best version of itself that it can be too. If you think about it, man, how many times, you know, do you get down to the wire and look, people you're out there listening. I'm a hundred percent transparent. We're all, we've all done the same thing. There's that going to be that one guy who sends me an email, you know, Telling me, oh, it should never be that way. I know it should never be that way, but we get busy. We get caught up reviewing policies. And the very last thing we do is put together the proposal, which is the first thing the client sees when you go in front of them mm -hmm. or the prospect. It's the thing we have the least amount of time to do. It's the thing that we have the least amount of time to pretty up, spruce up, make sure we include all of the information, take the time to study it, make sure that we know how we're going to deliver it, you know, both verbally and, and aesthetically. And now you have time to do all that stuff. Like, I can't imagine how many people don't get business closed all the way to the finish line because they didn't have enough time to prepare the stuff on the back end because they got so caught up doing the stuff on the front end. And this takes, again, it takes the friction completely out of that because now I'm relying on Blue Pond to take all of that friction out and I get a great you know, not necessarily a summary, but a, a report of this is what you need to know about this. And I can build that into what I'm doing in my proposal and go in with absolute confidence that I, I have the right information. Yeah. And a couple of the early clients that we were working with David on that have actually given us their templates and their, you know, presentation templates and we've trained our team. So every time their producers get it, it's beautifully formatted with their logo, everything. Nice. Absolutely. So you guys are just now like really getting cranked up, right? I mean, you're you're just getting just to launched. the point where, you, where you're starting to work with agents. I mean, we talked about like I've known about your technology now for a little while, but we told, talked about holding off until mm -hmm. you were ready. What what does it look like for an agency to engage with Blue Pond? How do they how do they go and and figure out where to start and what does that look like and all of that stuff? Yeah, great question. So uh, feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, our website is simply Blue Pond. Dot AI. I'm sure when this podcast is released, you know, there'll be there'll be links to the website. So come online, uh, schedule some time with us. We will talk through, you know, what your what kind of business you write. Uh, we will talk about, you know, how or what kind of services you need, whether you need these code comparisons, policy checking, COIs, what all you want us to manage on your behalf. We will talk about uh, how we get access. 
to your information because we want to make it totally frictionless. Right? So, for example, some people might want to give us an access to their AMS or their uh, create us as another user, if you may, in your system on your email or whatever. And then we will talk about, you know, how we interact, you know, and if you need us, our staff to be available uh, a few hours, you know, together with your staff so we can talk things through, finalize things, that's all fine too. So we will work through all of that. We will work through the services you need. We'll work through how we get information back and forth between each other. We will talk about these sorts of things you touched on, you know, what, what should the presentation look like? Right. What are the key things we will talk about, for example, policy checking, right? We will talk in detail. Okay, you want policy checked? We have like three tiers, you know, bronze, silver, gold. Like, hey, what level of depth do you want to go into? So we'll discuss all of that. Right. And very soon we can be in we can be working with you in days. You know, what? I think I think part of it too, like let me ask you this question. This is a little bit on the fly, but I'm, I'm not putting you in an uncomfortable spot by asking this. I really don't know the answer. Is the the technology limited to, and I, I have a feeling I already know the answer. Is it limited to just insurance policies? Like, and, and what I mean by that is if I want to go and scan somebody's safety manual to see if anything's missing out of it, do we have the ability to do that? Or if you've got a drug-free workplace, can I take what your drug-free workplace looks like now and compare it to what the standards are for you to get the 5% credit from the state, use your technology to tell me whether or not that program would qualify so that I can use that for a wedge at the point of sale? Yeah, well, that, look, you know, that's a great question. Okay. And I can totally understand where this comes from because there is so much hype out there, people posting all the sort, all sorts of stuff on the internet. Hey, I fed this to chat GPT and look what I got. I think... We are not designed to do that sort of stuff. Okay. And I'll tell you why. We are in a highly regulated, sensitive industry. These things are a matter of experience and detail and knowledge. Okay. So can you, do you have generic tools out there which will compare any two documents? Yes, there are. We are building a specific system to check policies, to do compare quotes, to populate COIs you know, to do, you know, your inspections and whatever, right? Which means, like we were discussing earlier, we're going in detail. Hey, a cyber policy for a software company should have these inclusions, and we are going to be creating that curated database. So, for example, you got two policies, both of them are missing a critical coverage. A generic system ain't going to pick that up. Because what right. going to say is, here is A, here is B, here is the comparison. Right? It's not going to tell you what the gold standard in the industry is. It is not going to be able to say, oh, here is a property policy. I need to compare to check it. I need to go and look for the SOV. I need to look at the accord and I need to compare this. Right? I mean, there, there isn't the intelligence, the training, the ability to read complex documents, all of that. So these systems that we're designing are very deep. And that's why when, you know, David, you and I, you and I, I think we've been talking a few months, like you said, that's why I've been saying we need to get it to a certain point before it can solve the complex things of insurance with a degree of confidence, right? And that's why we, we try to wear insurance dudes. We like to stick to our lane and that too, you know, we're property and casualty guys. That's what we do. That's what our system is designed to do. So, yeah, and you... You hit on something that I think is really important too, man, because I feel like a lot of people don't understand. I feel like a lot of people think that when a product comes to market as a new technology that doesn't currently exist, that it's just going to work right out of the box. Everything's going to be awesome. It's fully built out. All of the information's already put in. I don't think they understand that there's a certain amount of crowdsourcing that's done to get help in getting just getting a few get some at bats, you know, get some stuff put in, let us run it through our model. Let us see what it looks like and show you what it comes back with. And it's only over volume of you doing that over and over again, that you're going to be able to get this dialed into where you want it anyhow. Exactly. But I, I want to be very clear with everybody out there. This is really cool technology. I 100% believe in it, but I also know from experience, both on the user and the investor side that, 
this isn't going to be the end product the second that it comes out and you use it the first time. However, it has to be used to some degree and feedback given in order for it to become the next iteration and the next iteration and the next iteration. So I don't want anybody to be discouraged thinking, well, I'll just wait for two or three years until they figure it all out. It, number one, it's not going to take that long. Number two, you're actually contributing to the problem if you don't help a little bit by by letting them run things through the model. So, you know, my advice would be that the next time you have a an opportunity that you think would make sense, I would certainly reach out to Blue Pond and find out, yeah, is this the right use case or not? Because there's going to be some level of in, of education there too. You've got to educate the agent and broker community about best use cases, right? I already asked you a question and you very nicely said, no, it's not really what we're going to do. We're going to stick in, you know, stay in, in terms of the insurance industry and do this, that, and the other. Maybe down the road, you know, you end up getting to a point where you have the insurance thing dialed in and, and the next iteration is, okay, let's find an easy way to determine whether or not the OSHA standards are in compliance or the, you know, all of that. 100% respect the fact that that's not where you're going right now. Get to be the best at what you are doing up front. So, okay. Very you much know, I, th I mean, our, our industry, we, we are here to solve very specific problems of agents and brokers. We're here to solve the problems that you face day in and day out. I mean, at the end, there's a tale of other things you could possibly do and may want to do, but we're here for a, for a reason, right? Like I said. And and to your previous point, David, I think I also want to, you know, you put it very eloquently, very well about, you know, the more it's used, the better it is, right? And we're well, it's called machine learning, man. I, you know, I, I think that people, I think people think artificial intelligence, you know, we, we've gone in that direction when the reality is it's, it, it was originally called machine learning, and that's just been some iteration of that. But it's also a much softer way to talk about it. When you say machine learning, it almost sounds like, well, this thing's still learning. It's not ready to go or whatever. But if you say artificial intelligence, when I think intelligence, I think of something or somebody who's already learned a lot and can regurgitate that on the fly. I don't know that AI ever gets done learning. It's, un it's constantly, okay. constantly learning, which is why you have to build your prompts the right way to even get anything of use out of chat GPT as it sits right now. Bingo. Bingo. And and to your point, David, I think what, what we've done, and that's why we worked on this on, in, in the lab for almost a year. And now what we're saying is we still like to use that Tesla analogy. We are a better car. We are a safer car. But we're not 100% autopilot, right? We're going to do a lot of these things. And I have my human. Think about it, you know. In bad analogy, I'm going to put you in an Uber, right? With my driver, hands on the wheel, eyes on the road. And yes, it's going to be a better, safer, cheaper Uber, right? And this is what I want to say, right? So that is why we have invested in a very significant team that is there to process business. And again, with no disrespect, comparison, whatever, to any of those outsourcing or VA or virtual assistant firms, you know, we, we the, the team that we have, the human in the loop, the, the operations team we have, is, is a very experienced and much better paid team than you will find in a normal VA. Right? Yeah, this is this is comparing Apples and Volvos. If anybody out there had the bright idea that you could just have your VA do this, let me give you a newsflash. You could already be having them do this if they were qualified to do it. Don't listen to a podcast and hear somebody's outsourcing policy review and think that you could just cure the issue that quickly. You, you know, this is not something that that that's that simple to solve. The type of professional and the training and development that somebody's gone through to get to the point where they can even be on Pranav's team is so just completely different than what the average virtual professional is we have in our agency. This is not a knock on virtual professionals oh. at all. Oh. It's just, it's like saying, I, I've got an administrative assistant, okay, that sits over here, but I have an administrative assistant who has three industry designations, licensed in 50 states, and has 20 years of experience reviewing policies and blah, 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 blah. Who are you going to use? You're going to use the one that's got the experience, the education, the qualifications, and the resume to go with it versus 
I've got this person over here and they're really good at, at entering data and they're good at doing the things that I have them do. So I think I'm going to push this onto them. Let me ask you a question. Would you have your virtual assistant do your tax return? Probably not. You're going to go to an accountant to have that done. So why would you do the same thing with the lifeblood of your business? You need to have somebody who's trained and understands it. Maybe they're as good as you. Maybe they're better. Maybe they're not. I don't know. That's for you to decide once you take it for a test drive and find out exactly what that work product looks like. But what I can tell you is that this is not something that we can easily outsource to virtual professionals, specifically to middle market commercial insurance. I want to make that very, very clear. But if you're writing bops all day, this isn't something you need to be dealing with anyhow. You don't need you don't need Blue Pond if you're writing $1,500 bops and quoting them over the phone. There's nothing to compare it to. You know what I mean, this is for true middle market business where there's moving pieces and parts, property schedules, vehicle schedules, all of that stuff. I mean, I think one of the benefits is just being able to take that massive vehicle schedule list and make sure that it, it it's accurate to where it should be. Or, you know, driver's lists and things like that. Think about how much time is account managers, CSRs, producers, whoever's doing the quoting has to spend looking at the list of drivers that are active yeah. That we that number one, we have to make sure even those people are right because most companies aren't keeping this stuff accurate. That's one of the reasons why we use KPA internally is we can track the driver's licenses uh, of our of our accounts so that if somebody's coming up for expiration, we can ping our client and let them know. Same thing with tags and everything else. But to go through a list of 100 or 150 drivers and 100 or 150 vehicles, and it's like finding a needle in a haystack to look for the one that doesn't exist. And I mean... I, I lack oh, the ability to concentrate. Time. Yeah, I can't even concentrate that long to no. do it. There's just no way. I I would get three lines down, and I'd already be thinking about my next trip somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's, you get the nail on the head. What's been the biggest challenge for you getting this thing off the ground? Obviously, launching any product is challenging, but when you have something as deep and complex, as, as you mentioned, it presents a whole you know another subset of of challenges. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, no, uh, thanks, Kyle. I mean, we are just getting started. Look, we've been, uh, you know, in in the build mode for almost a year. Mm -hmm. Almost six months, first half of, of last year, just doing fundamental market research and R&D, just playing with all of these chat GPT type, you know, Gen AI tools, see if this is even, even work. So the last 12 months has been a journey of you know, research and experimentation and building and putting together a great team. So we've just launched our website went live, you know, about a week back. So now I think the challenge for us really, as as, as you and David pointed out to the team earlier is, uh, we're looking for people who will take a bet on us, right? Give us the opportunity to serve you. And I promise that, uh, you know, we will give you a more competitive solution you know, if you have any of these things, policy checking, proposal presentation, COIs, uh, if you have any back office staff uh, outsourced, we will for sure give you more competitive price and we'll give you better quality, right? The machine is is trained. Right now, we've trained it on ENO, DNM, cyber, and we're starting with property now, okay? And uh, like, you know, David said, you'll get better and better over time. But we are there to serve you for all lines of business today. You know, would we be as fast as we might be in six months' time? Maybe, maybe not. But I have a gun team of more experienced people. And I also want to unpack that a little bit, right? Because people hearing this might go, well, how can you hire more experienced, more senior people and still not charge me as, as much, right? And the answer is simple. First of all, our, our platform, even if it's not trained on all the details of a line of business, still is a big productivity boost, right? It can still scan schedules and forms and still pull together, pull out all the endorsements and all the language of any line of business, right? It's already there. So it's a big productivity boost for me. Second, I'm not in the business of... How should I put it politely? I'm not in the business of finding the cheapest humans and making money 
of labor arbitrage, right? I'm not in the business of finding the cheapest person, flying around the world to see how cheaply can I hire someone and take 20% on top. My business is to build a tech business. Okay. Eventually, I want to make money from licensing the software. And so I don't have to do this. I don't have to be in the race to the bottom of finding the cheapest person and, and, and fighting that war. Right. And I'm very, very candid and transparent about it. Well, I don't. Yeah, I think you have to be though, because I don't think that the average person that does what what we do for a living wants you. Like, I I can't speak for anybody else. I can speak freely for Kyle. We don't want the cheapest person out there. We want the best. We, like, we want the best qualified person to do what. Dude, think about it. Even on like that. a basic like 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 from a contractor perspective, when you're doing something in your house, like. You don't want the cheapest person to come out. That doesn't mean that you're going to get the best. My dad's going through it right now. They redid their like a their back like bonus room area or whatever. He's having massive issues because these guys are just not qualified. The dude who the dude who's running the show that his his neighbor down the street is just hiring the cheapest subs that he can get, and they they don't know what the hell they're doing. So it's like, you know, it, it's the same thing, man. Yeah. Well, it's crazy to me, man when that happens but i mean it happened to us even like and i know we're getting a little bit off subject but it's actually a really good parallel right you know when we had the roof put on our house the roofing company came and sold the deal everybody else was a subcontractor we ended mm -hmm. up managing that process <laughs> and andrea and i were out of town we decided to have them replace the roof on our home when we were gone so that we weren't in their way mm-hmm but we found out that when the guys came, they didn't know what to do. So they were like jumping on the kids trampoline and playing on the back porch. And like, they were doing all kinds of stuff that had nothing to do with roofing. And I think to myself, this is probably what would happen if you tried to use somebody who didn't know what they were doing in comparison policy forms and quotes and such, right? They're not going to know what to do. So they're going to waste a bunch of time and you're going to get a substandard work product back when it's all said and done. Yeah. And we run into this over and over and over again. The virtual help is fantastic. I would not trade the, the virtual professionals that we have for anything in the world. They are awesome at what they do. I also can tell you that they require training and development at the same level or greater than anybody else in my agency, just because of the fact they don't know the industry as well as what we do. So, you know, it seems like it's it's easy when you have a VA that's up and running to be able to just shuffle stuff to them, but we have selective amnesia for how long it took us and how much money it took us to get them to the point that they got there. You could save yourself a lot of money by hiring the person that's already there. Exactly. And, and, and I'll, I'll say this here for the record, you know, for all of your listeners. Like you said, you're comparing very different things, but we will, we will match, if not better, any commercial contract you have with any VA firm or anybody else. And like I said, you know, because our business model is totally different. You know, we have significant lift, so I'm very confident I'll give you a better service at a more competitive rate and it's only going to get better from there. Have we missed anything? What what else did you want to touch on here? I was going to say I don't feel I feel like we've we've gotten into Man. it pretty good. I yeah. mean, for where we're at right now, I mean, what what my goal is here is to encourage everybody hearing this to reach out and learn more about Blue Pond. Number one, number two, give them an opportunity to work on a couple things for you to figure out how it's going to work, and then I just want to have. Pranav come back in the near future to recap what that experience looked like and how much how how successful it was for them to be able to get that influx of of opportunity and ultimately craft yeah. the product in the early stages to exactly where it needs to be because I, I you know if it's like anything else in technology you can either make the decision to be part of this now or wonder why you lost accounts and the reason why is I'm going to tell you because producers are out knocking on doors and making phone calls instead of reviewing policies they they get the same result by outsourcing it but you may have to get your rear end kicked on the street to figure that out you know first at this point i'm just telling you give these guys a chance and i think that you will be pleasantly pleasantly surprised with exactly what they can do for you 
and the thing is, you know, you're dead on the money for the stuff that you've already got into your system, the DNO, the professional, the cyber, that stuff's what's changing the most right now. If you look at the ISO forms for property and other things, yeah, yeah, there may be exclusions that change or whatever else, but not at the rate at which it does on those other lines. In cyber specifically, you may have something that's covered under policy limit today, and two weeks from now, they, they have to refile a new form, and it comes out that it's sublimited to a quarter million dollars. The one thing I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt with anything in that realm is it's not going to be the same next year at renewal as it was this year. There was going to be some level of change regardless of what it is. And if you're not reading all this stuff that comes out in the form of emails from our wholesalers and our carriers, then you're going to be subject to having somebody else come in and point out a discrepancy that you didn't even know about because you didn't take the time to read that information. That's why I, I just, I'm a huge fan of outsourcing it. I think it makes all the sense in the world. And as I've already told you, we will like when, when, when I, my next deal that comes through, y'all are going to handle it. I'm not going to touch it. Love it, David. Thank you. Cool. All right. Well, listen, what's the best place for them to find you guys? What your website is again. I know you gave it up at the beginning, but give them the website one more time. And then we're going to wrap up for the day. It's bluepond.ai, not .com, nothing, just bluepond.ai. Easy enough. Bluepond.ai, check them out. And if you have a conversation, feel free to let them know where you heard about it. But I don't get paid to represent you know anything on the podcast. I am not at this time that I'm sitting here an investor in Blue Pond, but in full transparency, I heard like everything else, just like I did with Leary when we had Leo on here. As soon as I heard the technology, I said, I want to know what it would take for me to get on your cap table. I believe so much in what you're doing. I want to make a financial con uh, commitment to helping you out. So it may be that at some point down the road, that is the case. I just want to be very, very clear with everybody as it sits today. I have zero financial incentive for you to do this. I'm encouraging you to do it because I think the industry desperately needs this to move forward. Very kind, David. Thank you, Kyle. You guys are- Yep, for sure, man. Good stuff. Yeah, keep keep the podcast going. Love it. You're doing a great service for uh, for the community. Love you guys. Thank you. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right, everybody. This has been my man Pranav with Blue Pond, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.